Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. everybody to episode 70 of the green light podcast poc ephrase back at it uh and we're actually going to start with the nba you know we don't even need much of an intro let's just jump in to lebron james and kyle kuzma getting officially warned i don't think they got fined but officially warned by the nba for flopping uh i love this because it was grayson allen who got the rebound and didn't touch him. And for the first time, I think, in Grayson Allen's career, he's not getting yelled at. He's not in the wrong. LeBron just no. literally just somebody blew on him, and he fell down. Um, and the and – the, I don't know if, any, if everyone has heard the announcers of um, – uh, I can't remember who was doing the game or who the announcers were, but they went at LeBron. I mean, the whole time he was shooting free throws, they were crushing him. Yep. They were like, this is ridiculous. This is embarrassing. This is, a, this is bad for the game. You can't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. So we're starting with Kuzma and LeBron uh, going on a little flopping mission. Um, this is not necessarily new for LeBron. He has uh, plenty of hysterical YouTube videos of him flopping um, throughout his career, but this one's pretty bad. The thing that's interesting to me about this, I was like looking into this rule and like what the subsequent fines could be and like, what the I guess fallout essentially could be from this and this rule like they put the this flopping basically warning system in 2012 2013 and after the warning you can be subject to fines that grow from 5,000 to 10,000 to 15,000 to 30,000 for each violation and if a player reaches six flops in a season the fine can reach even further and they have the right to issue a suspension which we've never seen and but if you actually want to like nitpick you can find probably you could probably find six flops from a guy like the big floppers in six games. And that's, but the crazy thing about this is as nearly a decade after introducing the rule change, the anti-flopping rules rarely enforced. James and Kuzma are just the sixth and seventh players to be reprimanded with warnings by the league this season. The only others, LaMelo Ball, with a rookie, DJ Augustine, the opposite of a rookie, um, and Gary Trent Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, and Mason Jones. And the last player to actually be fined for flopping was Marcus Smart during the 2020 playoffs. So it is kind of, it's like, I just want to know what makes them like pick and shoot. Like it's, it's, I guess it's just sending a statement, like, because it's LeBron and Kuz, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, hard, it's a hard thing to actually enforce. You know what I mean? Like you're either really going to do it or you're not. And the NBA has certainly sided on we're not really, we just kind of want to put this in place. Um, to make the fans and, and people feel better that to me, that's what it is. Like, listen, guys are going to continue to flop. I mean, yeah. you know, unless there's a radical change to fines and or suspensions. And like, like if they saw this by LeBron and said he has to sit out the next game, you know what I mean? That's a real yeah. thing. I'm not, I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just saying, if you want to change it, that's what yeah. you got to do. And I, I, I do want to know, I know I'm sure it's in the, the bylaws or in the construction of this, like th this rule change, but I mean, what truly constitutes a flop? Is it like anticipating taking a charge? Is it just over-exaggerating? Because you it's can, hard. if it's just over-exaggerating, that happens. You can over-exaggerate 
probably one out of every four or five possessions. You can find a guy that like pushed off and he's acting like he, he got like absolutely barreled over. So it's weird. And I, it's weird because, and look at those other players. Like I didn't even know who Mason Jones was to be honest with you. And so I, that's, that was, he was a rookie from Arkansas on the Rockets. And it's like, okay, he's getting a warning. The only true like superstar, I guess you obviously LaMelo and Kristaps Porzingis, but, and then I was in market smart, but it, it just seems really odd. Like it's, and it's a big headline. Um, hard because but, I think too, like your point, it's hard. It wasn't a national charge. televised game either. I mean, that's why it was, it's kind of it, odd. It, it's hard with the charges, but like the one that LeBron did where it's a rebound and he just throws his arms yeah. up and falls down. Like that to me is pretty objective, right? Like I think yeah. everyone for the most part can agree that that's a flop. I think where there's a lot of gray areas, sometimes like, like, okay, if somebody gets hit in the face, but not necessarily all that hard, right? Like maybe somebody's driving and they kind of throw their arm and that happens all the time. It's inadvertent. It's not necessarily on purpose, of course. And somebody gets hit in the face and then they just, it, they act as if they literally got punched by Mike Tyson in 1993, right? Like, so they did get hit, but it also is a flop. Those ones I think are tough because those are a little bit more subjective where it depends on people's opinions and thoughts of it. It's like, yeah, he did get hit in the face. He fell down as if, you know, he got hit with a brick. Yeah. But it, is that a flop because he did get hit? Like this one to me, everyone agrees. It's like, dude, literally nobody touched you. And yeah. He fell down. And then there's no reason for you, like in your mind, you have to be programmed of like, I'm going to try and turn this into something rather than yeah, like, exactly. Cause there's plenty of times where you like react. It's like, Oh, like you hit. It's like, and you'll over, but this is like, I'm going to just like put on theatrics, which I like guess I, could, I can't get the rebound. So I'm going to do this. And I'm curious, what do you think if this, if there's not, I mean, there are like flopping rules, I guess, to a degree in college. Do you, yeah. and, and I don't even, I'm curious your opinion. I think probably we can probably even see more flopping in per, like I say per, obviously there's way more college teams, but I think we probably see more flopping like per game and per team in the NBA. But if something was implemented like this in college, where it's like after like a couple strikes, how would that be monitored and how would that like affect teams? And do you think like it would clean up? Because that, that's my problem right now with college basketball, like taking charges and the three second rule and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It muddies everything up. And so I don't know like if it's the right thing to implement that, but um, no, I think the NBA has a flopping problem. I don't think college basketball does. I think college basketball fundamentally does not know what a charge in a block is. That's as a whole. I think they just have not. Right. I agree with you. Yep. yep. They just have not identified what it is. Um, and they, and they, and they call charges way to me more often. Like they're just not, they're not a charge. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, they're calling them like they're egregious ones. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's college basketball's problem. Not necessarily flopping. I, I would say the only real flopping maybe that you see consistently is point guards coming off a ball screen and like yep. throwing their head well, back. That's, I mean, and that's like you, that's learned behavior from, yeah. I feel like those NBA guys. You watch, Chris Paul probably, I trademark that, of just yeah. like, whoo, yeah. come back. And, and, it, and especially when you can feel out a game of how the ref is calling a certain game too, and you know they're calling hand up, you know that, and you can just get a couple quick little fouls like that, it can change the game. It can put a team in a different spot. It can really put pressure on a team, and you're getting to the line a whole lot quicker. If you know it's going to be called tight, that's something that you can immediately almost like draw that up to just put them in a position where you know, okay, they're, they're pushing up high. I'm just going to take a bump and, and hope that we get a whistle. If not, no, no cause harm or no, no yeah. harm from it and just, just go on. But, um, 
And what, last thing I'll say on the NBA, I'm curious if you've watched much of it. One, Derrick Rose back in New York is wild. I like the trade, man. I actually, I, if you had asked me this, like, any time before, like, two months ago. I know. You wouldn't like I would have it, right? said this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Because this man went AWOL on – like, he pulled the Kyrie Irving before Kyrie Irving. I know. I know. Out, and he'd been in New York. The crazy thing, the man's 32. He's not MVP D. Rose, but he's good. Oh. And they are at the point – and I've said this all along about the Knicks. I didn't think they should be pushing away. I thought they should be rebuilding. But now at this point, they're like halfway through the season. They have enough grit. They have enough fight. It's like, you know what? If you're not going to be a lottery team, and we talked about this like last week, I think, with, the, uh, with where how the, the seeds would fall right now in the draft, that the Mavericks pick would actually be better than theirs. You know what? Go for it. Like, get, yeah. get a playoff game. And, and it's a better option than Alfred Payton. And then you hopefully quickly learns from them. And we know they're going after Cal guys. We know they're going after Kentucky guys with all, all the staff they have. Um, I just think you can get – look, like Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't doing anything for the Knicks. No. Um, and is, I think he probably needed a, a new uh, environment, right, a new yeah. opportunity. So good for him. So you didn't give up much for him. And you got a guy who – yeah, he's 32. You'll probably get two, three more decent years out of him. He's averaging 14 points a game. Like, why not? veteran guy yeah like it's a, it's a it. different situation of like you're not he i don't think he's gonna be taking away minutes from quickly because no. that's it's just more of like okay alfred payton he's not part of the future anyway so that's fine as long as quickly develop and he's not a guy you're just bringing in that like might be a problem that might be like with other maybe a different coach maybe but he and tibbs i feel like they have such a great relationship and they have so much respect for each other um yeah. and then i watched last night i haven't watched a ton of nba but i did watch the uh the Nets last night and, uh, and, and the Warriors. The fact that James Harden is like leading the league in assists right now when the perception is he's – and he is one of the most ball-dominant players can be, but the fact that he can – someone texted me this last night. He can – like with a switch, he just has the feel that if I need to score, I can go get a bucket. If I want to dish it, I can go get – he's like 11.7 assists or something like that right now. Well, yeah, well, the big – Don't play defense, uh, but – I know, I know. The big quote coming out of last night is now Kyrie saying, okay, you know, uh, you, you can be the point Harden. I'll be the shooting guard. Like, no worries. Like, this is, this is it. You're the point guard. Um, so that could be a big, you know, look, like, is that a big deal? They were already scoring a ton of points. You know, maybe that helps them just internally in terms of the locker room so people know, like, all right, like, Harden's the point. But um, it's is always it, going to come Their biggest – their only issue so far, and this is why I feel like when they get in the playoffs, they can tighten up, it's been effort. And, like – and they've kind of came out and said, it's like, we played with more focus and we played with more – and then Joe Harris, they said that he's like – and then he goes, quite honestly, just more effort. And they were ripping DeAndre Jordan as they should. Like, he just was being lazy and hasn't been playing well. And um, it'll be interesting because I, I feel like they have so much talent. They've been in – those. all those guys have been in those spots. They can tighten it up. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it sucks. Now I know they're bringing back some fans in New York. It sucks that we can't, can't be there, but like, this is a really interesting time for like New York hoops because the Nets are incredible. The Knicks are actually looking better than they have in the past, probably five, six, seven years or so. Um, we would have had some fun Friday nights at the garden. That's no sure. doubt. No doubt. Chicken tenders. You know what they're charging though for, this is actually crazy. I don't think many people realize, do you know what the Nets are charging to be able to go to games? Oh, I, I wasn't even sure. Oh, they just started they, a lot. They just announced 10% capacity at sporting events. So that's 2,000 fans can go to Barclays a game. So everyone's like, oh, great. I can go to games or get back in there. It's like, awesome. And then the Nets said originally right off the bat, they said priority is going to be to season ticket holders that have been with us longest. Awesome. There it is. Except the problem is the minimum ticket price is $600 a ticket. 
you have to buy, and they're not doing it single game. You have to buy all 20 games, so minimum two seats. So 20 games, 600 bucks ticket, that's $24,000 minimum to go to a Nets game. And as a season I, ticket holder? What? Or as a non-season ticket holder? No, priority goes to those season ticket holders first, but they're only selling them in that group of 20. Minimum ticket price is 600. And then obviously after that, then those, like it gives you playoff priority. And so if you're buying 24,000 tickets, you're probably gonna spend an extra 15, 20,000 on the playoffs so that they can jack those up. So we had this great, it was like a 24 hour period where everyone's like, sports are back, we can go to games. And then, you know what? These aren't the same old nets. Like they're not back. They're not back. They're not like we've been to Barclays games where like you can get in for like five, ten dollars, and there's like a few thousand there. Now there'll be a few thousand in there, but it'll cost you twelve hundred dollars a game at minimum for the worst seat. Twelve hundred dollars at minimum to go to games. Wild times we're in. I mean, I will say this: the only, uh, I think the only thing Barclays has on MSG is the food. I like the food so yeah. much better at Barclays. The premium, yeah. the premium setup there is pretty awesome. It's big time. It's, it's very time. good. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Um, all right, let's transition. We got a couple big topics, a couple big stories before we get into, um, you know, some scores and some teams for the past week. Uh, first and foremost, Maine has opted out of the remainder of the season. They are, uh, if not last, tied for second to last um, in the conference. They are the second team this week to opt out of the remainder of the season following Howard's announcement earlier this week. Um, so that makes five teams. It's Maine, Howard, Bethune-Cookman, Chicago State, and Maryland Eastern Shore, and then obviously the Ivy League. Um, those are the schools that have opted out. Interesting timing. I think they went into COVID protocol and then kind of tried to come back and looked at the season like, you know, we, we, we just can't really make this happen. Um, so, you know, it, not, not a crazy story by any means. I, you know, I just don't know if we're going to see more of that, especially if – by February 26th, conferences vote to say that the regular season winner is the conference champ, you know, and our conference championships won't count towards getting to the tournament, which I think would be the biggest mistake that conferences could make. That to me is, is insane. It's, it's really odd. I mean, I think, I don't want to say like, it's throwing in the towel, like these teams of the throwing in the towel and, and obviously going, sticking with Maine, like, it's ironic. This is not the first time that we have talked about Maine. What I think the biggest theme of this is honestly, it's, it's politics, it's administration, it's whatever, it's everything that's going on within um, just the, the inner work, not actually the basketball side. Cause we've talked, I don't know if you remember this, when we talked about Maine, you remember the coach they hired was Richard Barron, who was the women's coach that they brought yeah. over. And it was one of those things. It was like the relationship it was the AD, it was an AD decision. And we're thinking about like all these guys, 
And I think there was one that was unjustly fired that we thought like that was let go. Can't remember the exact topics, but it was like he was let go and they brought the women's coach over. It was a weird, weird setup. Was it somebody after Bob Walsh? It was after Walsh. So they fired Bob Walsh, who we, I mean, we talked very highly about. And yeah. they brought in the, the, the women's coach. And it was just something, it seemed like a very, it was a move that was just dictated by the AD. And this seems like the answer, you know what? Let's cut our losses. Let's stop the expenses. Let's shut it down. We're not going anywhere. Let's shut it down. Which is the same thing like Chicago State's trying to move out of Division One. So they said, oh, COVID, we're not doing it. And yeah. so you don't see like the teams that are, I guess in women's basketball, you are seeing like a Duke or Virginia that have shut it down that could actually be competitive. But I feel yeah. like all these teams that are, it's, you know what, like, this is only just – it's net negative either way for us. Like, let's cut our losses and move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, sticking on cancellations, what are your thoughts on the CIT canceling? And, I'm, uh, you know, if you're watching this, I'm putting it in air quotes, due to COVID, which I'm not refuting. I'm just saying, will this end the CIT? Because you and I have been part of it at Ohio. <laughs> uh, and listen, I want to just say, too, like, I, I agree. Yeah, and the CBI. I like the idea of it. It's just the structure of it. You know, you, I do think you can have a third. I don't think you can need yes. a fourth. I don't think, yeah, you don't need a fourth. I, I think or, you can there have was almost a third. There was like a Vegas eight or something like that for a minute. It was yeah. like, did that even happen? I think, I yeah, I think you can have a third that does something a little special, right? Like at least at yeah. the NIT, you get to New York, you play at MSG, that's cool. And obviously the NIT has history and it used to be yeah. the tournament and all yeah. that, but – I do think there is potential for a third tournament to actually be successful. I just think this probably ends one of them, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll just say the CIT probably ends. It has like, they, I think honestly for the, I, and I don't know the financials or like the business model either. It would make more sense for them to just kind of like merge together and just have like one additional because the whole concept, and I don't know if people realize this on the outside, you have to pay. If you want a home game, you have to pay to host the game, which mm -hmm. is like, which we did at Ohio. Like I remember we played my senior year, we played, I want to say it was like 50K or something. Yeah, it's something crazy. Like, we played Cleveland State, we played Wright State, and we lost to VMI, I believe. And I think something like Cleveland State, they, that's when they had um, – they had a couple of good kids. They had the kid um, – I think he's actually in the NBA right now. They ended up transferring to Michigan oh, State. The they small, had a couple of kids. The small kid? They had a kid that transferred to Louisville. They had good players, and they were, like, I think seated higher than us. But they're like, hey, we're not paying for this. And, I, and we were like, you know what, we'll pay to have the home game. And so it doesn't – one, from a fan, for the institutions – it doesn't make sense. Like no one's paying right now to have a, an extra game that really means nothing at the end of the day when no. there's no fans going to be there anyways. And then two, the only other reason is like, yeah, you either want to one, you want to either keep, keep those, like if you have a senior class or something special, you want to keep like Virginia did that when Sean Singletary was senior. Sure. It was like, they sucked, but it's like, let's get a couple, let's milk a couple of crowds out of Sean Singletary's last few games. Yeah. Fine. We'll pay up front. We'll make that money in back. That obviously can't happen. Or you've got a team that needs like more. You've got to be a younger team. You want to give them some extra games and build some experience. That's like, it's That's not fine. worth it. It's not worth it at that point. And especially no one's everyone. Like once again, everyone's going through budget deficits. No one's trying to pay 50 K a game to just like, so you could schedule a scrimmage and it has pretty much just as much notoriety and as prestige yeah. as, as the yeah. at this point. So yeah. I think it'd be better for everybody. Just either merge the two, have a third one that is like campus oriented do something cool with it, but yeah, I do like the two out of three. They did the final. They used to do the finals in. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool. That's what I'm saying. Like you can do cool things. Like look at what um, TBT did with the Elam Elam ending and stuff yeah. like that. Like you can do cool things. Get creative uh, as hell. Yeah. Yeah, you can get super creative with it. 
Uh, okay, let's shift gears to the Ivy League. Uh, obviously, they canceled way back when, um, some point back in the fall, I believe. But uh, they are going to grant one-time waivers to seniors to play an additional year, which they've never done. They did say in the press release that this is a one-time thing. This isn't going to continue. We're just allowing it for the seniors that missed out on this year, which yeah. is great. Good for the but Ivy League. Doesn't that conflict, though? With the, I thought the NCAA was like, no one's losing a year of eligibility this year. So are they just basically being like – I get, you know, maybe, maybe Ivy League because honor, there's not scholarships. But I don't know. I'm not surprised. Like, I, I think it's probably the right move for them because they, but um, it's, it's weird because we saw a lot of guys like transfer out of Ivy League schools this year, even before this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this helps them keep some of their people that maybe would have left and gone somewhere else. Um, but it is, it is odd, like, not having some of these Ivy League games, especially now as we get towards March and you have, the like, the four-team tournament and you get it at the host sites. And, um, but, I mean, good – I think it's in favor of the athletes, hopefully. I mean, they've just been – I don't know if they're practicing. or I guess they're not practicing. I, I, don't, I, I really don't know. But, yeah, because um, yeah, if you're just a regular – you're just used to this routine and you're just going to class every day, um, yeah, I, I don't want to take it away from them. So – it's it's a good move. It's just um, I, I wish they had I wish they had played, but at least you can help keep these kids, uh, give them a chance if they want to stay. And dude, it's not nothing. No one's I don't think anyone's like frowning at a uh, at a master's degree from any of the schools if you have to stay an extra year and do an extra program. Yeah, like, they, yeah. What? yeah. They'll be told Harvard. That. Give me like a yeah, Harvard Business School along with my, uh, my 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 bachelor's degree. It's fine. Yeah, not bad. Um, all right, hit us with that UNC stat of the day that you texted me earlier. This is. Uh, Pretty crazy. It's an unbelievable stat. So Virginia has now won. They beat UNC yesterday. I think it was 60 to 48 was the final. They've won seven straight against UNC, which is actually pretty wild in itself. Um, but Walker Kessler led UNC in scoring with nine points at UVA last night. The last time no Tar Heel scored in double figures was March 4th, 1966, in a 21 to 20 loss to Duke in the ACC tournament in Raleigh. John Yorkley Dockley, led UNC with six points in that game. Like, my initial thought to this, and this obviously is a different sport, but anyone that's comparing eras, and you uh, know, people that compare like Babe Ruth and like the guys today. Babe Ruth. I get it. Babe Ruth ain't hitting like Noah Syndergaard 101 mile an hour fast. Babe Ruth is, Babe Ruth is batting 205 in today's major leagues. We're talking about, and this is – Less than 50 years ago, there was a college basket, and I get there's no shot clock, and I'm sure that was probably part of it. Like, they're probably just stalling, whatever. There was a game less than 50 years ago, or I guess, yeah, 54 is, yeah, my, my Ohio education chart. So, a little bit over 50 years ago, um, that resulted in a total of 41 points, where the leading scorer had six. Like, how does that happen? Okay, like, so here's the real question. So, there, there needs to be a, um, Almost like, almost literally like for, for the religious people that listen, like BC and yes. what, so before Christ and then oh what is my it? Gosh. What do you call AD, that? Yeah, BC and AD. AD. Yeah. AD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we need a, we need a, a hard line on the year. And to me, it's, it's late seventies. So when Magic Johnson, he won, Magic Johnson won at Michigan state in 1979 and then he went to the league. So I'm ready to say. 19 like 76 or something is the official cutoff and we talk about basketball as those two and even then there's probably more cutoffs as we go like yeah. 
when we hit the 90s, that's probably another cutoff. So like the shot clock, I'm looking right now with like the shot clock era. This is the mid-1980s, the NCAA instituted a 45-second shot clock for men's basketball. And the time was reduced to 35 seconds in 1993, um, which is interesting. Like, we, it's listen, just a different get, game. It's a different yeah. game. And there's yeah. no th- obviously, there's no three-point line. You had the three-point line. You had that. And you're trying to compare apples to oranges. Like, and it's the definition of it because it's a completely different game. It just blows my mind that when we look in – and they sh- – like, not that these players or these teams, these national championships shouldn't be celebrated – um, I think there's an asterisk to some, like even the stuff that was like before, like African Americans could play things like that. I mean, like yes, baseball. that is something that I think. I think Carolina. I think Carolina. They they have six natty champs, and I think they count one from like 1947. It's like yeah. guys, no, you have and, five, and you have. And trust five. me, I'm never. I'm never in my life going to make an argument for Ohio State fans, but the one I hear all Ohio State football fans, but what they knock Michigan all the time is, oh, your national championships came before like everyone yeah. could play. And, yeah. but that's, but that is, you have to have some context when you look at these things yeah. and I get, and like we compare, I'm not saying that like, we're not saying as recent as like obviously the Jordan LeBron and that comparison because no. it was hard. That's different. But the fact that in night in the sixties, that there was a game where the leading score had six points and the, and it was a 21 to 20 score. We have teams, literally the Brooklyn Nets last night was the NBA, but they put up like a hundred and 134 points and the opponent put 117 like you cannot compare the two. I know I it's know. unbelievable. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And, but and it sucks. Yeah, like, it sucks for UNC yeah. fans that you're bringing that. That's the like that's the comparison yeah. right now. I know. And la- last thing on the shot clock, um, and then we'll get to Loyola Chicago. I'm I'm such an advocate for a shot clock in high school basketball. Oh, last sure. night there was a there was a high school game in Alabama varsity basketball game, and the score was six to four, and they won no. on the last possession of the game. No, six but to like. Four. They just sat back. They just sat. I don't know. I only watched – I read the article. I watched the minute where they – the last couple seconds where they won the game, and then that was it. And I'm just like, this – okay, how could you possibly – and don't – I swear to God, if people hide behind the money thing. We got enough money for shot clocks, people. We got enough money for it. We'll do fundraisers. We'll be okay. You, you can it's, – it's a one-time purchase. It's don't, really tell, don't, don't hide behind the money thing. So, it's six to four. Like, this is the product we want. This is it. Like – I don't even want to get started. It's Let's not good. This. One, it's not good for the players. Like you're not developing anybody. You're not helping anybody. You're not – even if they're not even going to play past high school, you're not promoting any, like, competitive advantage or anything like that. You're Obviously, you're trying to win, whatever it may be. But then the other thing, too, and this is, like, we're in this era, like, where a lot of places you can't even have fans. You're paying for live streams. You're paying – even if you're paying for a ticket to get in. Like, if I paid even $5 and I just had to sit in the gym for an hour and a half – and watch a team stand there with the ball no, and just give me my money it. back. Give me my money back. I I would literally would have rather like I, I I probably would have literally rather dropped my five dollars on the ground because at least someone else has the benefit of like, hey, oh, five dollars. Like they can do some I lost have a good day. I lost yeah. an hour and a half of my life just sitting there being like, what is happening? And I lost five dollars along with it. Is it. Yep. They really and it doesn't have to be 35 cents. It doesn't have to be, like I don't know what most states are. I think I see a lot of 40 seconds, I think, in high school. But just give something where you have to create possessions. Like, Got you it. have to, like – And it, we've, you've talked about it a lot, and we've talked it. Like, the one – basketball is, the, I think, the one sport that's done the, probably the poorest job of – from the top down of being – a different sport. Aligned. Like, at least – like different, different rules in Europe, different rules in the NBA, different shot clock in college. No, now, depending on the state, there's only eight states in uh, the U.S. of A. 
that have a shot clock and their most random states. North Dakota and South Dakota have it. New York has it. Minnesota has it. Michigan has it. Can't remember the others, but like it's just it's different. It's quarters, a exactly. Like it's it's something like wanting to grow the game and growing that whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it. Standardizing some side of like, all right, you build up, you still build up to that, but like, it is crazy. I mean, you think about it, like that is that's a decent amount of learning curve, and there is an EYBL, like EYBL, and like a lot of yeah. some elite circuits, you've got shot clock. So all these kids, at least they're not going in completely blind into high school, but or yeah. into college. But you think about that if you're if you didn't and play prep schools college, have it, prep schools have it, so that's yeah. good. But still, the vast majority, no. If you go to uh, if you go to Olin Tangy Yard and you're playing high school basketball and then you go to Ohio State and say like obviously hopefully you've played that in a but okay hey we've got they're, they're like even just triggering that in your mind of not having that concept of a shot clock is I know is wild I know Absolutely it's wild. it's maddening um, all right let's go to Porter Moser Loyola Chicago uh, they're on a tear thirteen and one in the conference eighteen and three overall and they just beat up on Drake last night. As soon as uh, we they, had David on and he gave some love to Drake, we just completely mushed them because they – not yeah. only they not only did Drake lose immediately, like that's when we recorded, they lost to Valpo 74 to 57, and then they lost at home yesterday to Loyola Chicago 81 to 54. But Loyola Chicago is legit. They're on a roll. They're on, they haven't lost since January 10th, but I think the most important thing here is uh, you have a prediction. What do you think uh, Porter does? So, and, and this is, I, and I hate literally even saying this because, but I think obviously the writing is in the, in the cards with Boston college. If, if Boston college moves on from Jim Christian, which I think at this point, I'm, I get it. You haven't been in the NCAA tournament. It is what it is. Um, he's on his third AD there. It's very rare that people even outlast two, unless you're like a legend yeah. of the game. Uh, no, he, he, hey, hey, he's done a good job of lasting. I mean, Hey, and that's the thing. Like how many he's, he left Ohio in 2014. He's been there since then. Seven years, um, man, that is fantastic. And one of the toughest places to win in the AC. Like, the it's, it's and a they just different, said they're going to get a practice facility, right? Or a new facility? They're getting a they, – they have their practice court right now. And this is and this is to shed some light on BC, which is absolutely insane. That show, I mean, hockey is their number one sport. Maybe, you say football, maybe, but hockey, their basketball, your Conti Forum, the ice is down 95% of the year. The only time the court is down is when they play home games. So you get their shooter on there and they put it down. Their practice was so where they practice – is the vol it's connected within Conti. It is the volleyball team's gym. So literally, and it's got bleachers and it's got volleyball banners and everything. So you bring in a you talk about like in the ACC, if you're recruiting kids that you're going up against the Syracuses, the Dukes, the Virginias, the UNCs, you walk at UNC, and we talked about this last week. You see every single version of Jordan. You see every Carolina Blue version. You see the banner, you see that. And then you walk into BC. And you're like, all right, this facility, and you've got wooden bleachers with volleyball banners hanging. And it's like, where's the priority here? And, and so you're already taking a step back. You have to stay in the dorms all four years. Um, and they're just Catholic school, and it'll never be the number one. It'll never be the number one event in Boston. Um, I mean, it's, it's an awesome campus. It's a great school. Um, and then they also have a lot of standards, too, on kids they'll take. They won't take JUCO kids. They won't take kids that – uh, transfers that don't either have they was they would only take grad transfers for a while or at least they have to complete some some version but I have a feeling my my personal opinion if they do move on from coach Christian I think that Porter Moser is the guy that they target and I think that he accepts that job because we've looked at him obviously after the final four his name was hot there wasn't I don't think anything that really fit then I don't think like right after the final four he was going to leave the yeah, one I don't think there was any big jobs or anything that made sense that year 
No, and at least with, with his background. And then he got very, 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 very close with St. John's, I remember. He flew to St. John's before they hired Mike Anderson. Uh, yeah. He flew back, and I think after he flew back, he just like, made up his mind and said no. Um, but you look at St. John's, Catholic school in the Big East. Um, and It was interesting that he said no to St. John's because, to me, St. John's is a better job than BC. I, I think everyone would agree to that. Yeah, I think it's it's a tough job. I think that an easy you know, one, but the money, yeah, the money, the BC definitely. I don't know what St. John, like what Mike Anderson's making. I know BC can pay. I know Christian's making like one point three, one point four, something like that. Yep. Um, and so the money's there. But I think the fit for him, if you look at like what they've done, their pinnacle is their Final Four. Like you're not the only thing they can do is get somehow get back to a Final Four and win it, which is just as probably improbable as them getting there in the first place. As good as they are right now. 10th in Ken Palm, 5th best defense, 21st best, off, best offense. If you get there again, okay, great. Like, that would be unbelievable. You've, you've maxed out, like, your potential. If you're growing – if you're truly – unless he really just wants – which it doesn't – I don't think he would even entertain the St. John's conversation if he was truly, like, I'm happy at Loyola Chicago for the rest of my career. If you're looking to take that next step, then I don't know what other – if there's a better fit than Boston College. You know, big market – Catholic school, similar standards. Um, he can uh, that it's a tougher job, but I think he's has that experience. Um, he's more under the radar. Like everyone throws out as like John Beeline, I think, which you know maybe Patino going back to Boston. Like I don't know if they would be willing. That, to would, that. Be, that would be wild. We're comparing the fact that the two other names I just threw out were John Beeline and uh, and Rick Patino. Uh, they would take both the spectrum, but I think you kind of meet in the middle and I'm, I'm not trying to lump Porter Moser in with anything like that, but I think a realistic hire and a realistic job for him to take is, is Boston yep. college. But yep. I mean, who knows? They're seven, they're 18 and three. They'll probably, they'll win the Missouri. They have four games left, including the game today. They'll win the Missouri Valley. But is that, do you want that for the rest of your career? Or are you trying to take that next step? Because I don't think he's ever going to be able to go loyal Chicago to like, Blue blood, definitely. Yeah. But you could go Loyola Chicago, BC, do really well at BC, turn BC into who knows what. You don't even need to do really well. You just you make a tournament. Make a tournament in five years. They haven't made since Al Skinner. That's what I'm saying. You make it once, you might be able to jet and go somewhere. To be honest, yeah, it, it could happen. No it really could happen. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up episode seventy with um, the top sixteen seeds of uh, that were just released, like bracketology. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think there were too many surprises. I guess the only one would be Wisconsin is not in the top sixteen. Um, but the number I'm the looking right one, now, they are they're beating Michigan right now with five minutes left. They're up one with five minutes left on CBS. Yeah, that's, I mean yeah. that could get. I mean they're twenty. They're ranked twenty first in the AP poll. Um, I believe. And so, yeah, it's not a shot. It's not like a, you know, a, a, a big deal, but I, you know, some people Michigan would catapult you though. You're third in the yeah. country, 13 and one. Yeah, they would. I mean, do we have any issue with the four number ones? I think they're all I mean, pretty good. Yeah. Baylor, we've already said her in, in, in Michigan, like I said, probably the best conference and they're the top team right now, Ohio state right there with them. Like those are the top teams. Um, I mean, oh, Holtman, listen, man, I, 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 I I'm going to Google Holtman's, um, uh, current contract because he's getting an extension after this year. Has to. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. And his I was talking about yesterday his journey and how he got there and the fact. I mean, he I didn't work for him and you did at Ohio and I don't know if anyone saw it coming that he would basically take what Thad Mata did and basically coming from that tree and do and 
like immediately launched them right back into like powerhouse type Big Ten contention. Yep. Um, yep. And well, so okay. after after losing the Wesson as well as like they, they lost guys and the, like they're it's it's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he signed back in 2018 when he started an eight-year deal. So he's only on year three. Um, I actually don't even know if he will get an extension because he's got five years left, but maybe he'll get one year. I mean, the guy, especially if he, like, messes around and goes to an Elite Eight or a Final he, Four. Yeah. He has enough – at least he has enough leverage that he could put something in there. Hey, every 20-win season, tack another year onto my – like, automatically or something like that, you know? Like, so it's like as long as I keep at this level, just, like, let's keep it growing. Yeah. Um, Let's go through the number twos. Um, I guess the only surprise here is that Illinois is the number one, number two. I thought Villanova would be. But they did – Villanova just lost to Creighton, I guess. So, maybe that had some significance into it. But um, we're – both of us, we're – I'm sold on the talent and the potential of Illinois. I'm just not sold on, like, they they can bottom out. Like, they – I think I put them in my final four after they beat Duke. I think we did a mini final four way back in, like, November. And I think I had them in my final four. But look, I mean, none of their losses are really that bad. They lost back-to-back home games to Maryland and Ohio State. Uh, Maryland's the worst loss they have, which ranked 41st in Ken Palm. But their other losses are to Baylor on neutral court, Missouri, who's very good, as we can see now, um, at, on, on the road. Rutgers, they lost on the road by three. They lost Maryland by three at home and Ohio State by six at home. So, like, they're not balances. They did they, – it took them to go to overtime against Indiana – and then Friday, they actually had to go to overtime against Nebraska, uh, which is, got ugly. So, like, they have times where they don't, like, live up to their potential. I think they might play down to their opponents, but they can play with anybody. So, I guess it was interesting seeing a five – usually at this point in the season, I don't think we see, like, a five-loss team being, like, a, the fifth overall, basically, seed. Um, but that, I think that's also just kind of where we are. And there's not – I don't know if there's really anyone else I'd – I put too far ahead of them. Like you look at the no. other six is Villanova and I wouldn't put Alabama or Houston ahead of them. No, I don't put Virginia I or Tennessee or West Virginia ahead of them. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go through the number threes because to me, there's uh there's like tier one and tier two, Virginia, West Virginia, you do not want to see in the tournament, but Tennessee, Oklahoma, you know, I, I actually do like Oklahoma, but I think Tennessee, man, that's a three seed that if you're the 14 seed, like, you can go get them. I mean, they just lost to LSU yesterday. They had a loss to Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Missouri, Florida. I mean, they, you know, then they've been reeling. We've talked about them, too. But, like, man, Tennessee at three, I, that's still a little high to me. They have the number two defense and the number 68 offense in the country. So that is like the team, like, and I see as a Virginia fan, it's like if a team gets hot, there's nothing you can do unless you're able to keep pace with them. It worries yeah. me if you have a 68th ranked offense. They play at a slower pace, 244th, but like that defense can be. I, I see it left and right. I mean, it happened against UMBC. It's happening against Michigan State. It's happening against where as great of a defense you have, it, you're definitely more susceptible. So um, I, I would like to see more offensively from them. They're not like. You look at their numbers, three-point shooting, they're like 144th in the country, 2.169th. Um, they don't turn the ball over a ton. I guess that's their positive offensively um, outside of being a good defensive team. But I, I'm not really scared completely by Tennessee. Um, and then the same thing like you mentioned with, um, with Oklahoma. I haven't watched enough of them, but it's not anything where I'm, I'm saying, oh, this is – I'd rather play Oklahoma than – I'm biased, but if I'm a – 
14 seed. I'd rather play Oklahoma not, than yeah. Virginia. I agree. Um, all right, let's wrap up with the four seed. So Iowa, Texas Tech, Texas, Missouri. I actually think – Iowa's the scariest four seed for me ever. I actually think you can make an argument that overall the four seeds are better than the three seeds. Yeah, like, I mean, I put like, that – like Right? Overall. I'd be more scared. Like, Iowa just – Iowa has so much potential to just – like, I know they've lost a few and, like – but they just yeah, but when they get going, man, they can shoot it with the best in the country. And like, you really need to stop Luca Garza. Like, good I luck. Get, they lost four out of five, which obviously tanked them. They still have the number one offensive efficiency in the country. Yeah, but also even that, like losing four out of five in the Big Ten is like, okay. You know, I mean, one was yeah, to Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah, exactly. Indiana, Indiana had their number, but Indiana's um, tough. Indiana's but tough. The, can we just put into context? And I want one of the things I want to bring up, no matter what. Mich- they just beat Michigan State by 30 in East Lansing, and Luca Garza scored eight points. It was the first, he broke his streak. He had scored like, I think it was 30 or 40 straight games. He had 10 plus points. He scored eight points, and they still 30 piece Michigan State on the road. I don't care how bad Michigan State is, that's the potential that they have, which is, I don't think, and like they have them basically in the same region as Gonzaga. I don't yep. think, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are on a level of them on their own. But if there is any team that could give them a run, if Garza just went and just dominated, if he's – if Drew Timmy's wasting all of his energy having to try and guard Luka Garza and Iowa's guards are just spraying from wherever and keeping up with Gonzaga, that is the absolute worst matchup. And I'm not saying – I'm not trying to be Nostradamus, but if that does happen in there, I want to record this video because I can just see just like absolutely throwing darts back and forth because that could be an absolute flamethrower game from both teams yeah I uh I hope well I actually didn't necessarily look at the bracket I just saw the teams but I hope that Gonzaga Baylor are on polar opposites so that the only way they meet is in the Natty Championship right I don't think so they did they just they didn't even say the region it just says region one region two region three region four I believe they would separate that that like because I think they give the choice to those one seeds of like okay which one do you would you prefer and then I think they separate them out that way um But I, I, who knows? I don't, I don't think we'll get – I don't think – it never chalks up to be complete. I don't think we'll – I honestly don't think we'll get Gonzaga-Baylor. I think I one will – but those are the clear two best teams, in my opinion. Yeah, they are. They are. Texas-Texas. Texas-Texas uh, scary, too. I mean, they're all – they've yeah. got – So I mean, is Texas. So is Missouri. I'm telling you, the fours are tough. The fours are tough. Really is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, right, we'll, it'll be interesting to see where we are, like, a month from now. Um, last thing I was going to be interested to get your opinion on too. So right now in the ACC, so Virginia is, I believe, eleven and one or twelve and one in the conference. They play. Let's see. Let's go to the AC. Let me pull up these ACC rankings right now because they are Virginia is eleven and one in conference. Florida State is seven and two. Virginia's got a quick forty-eight hour turn. They have to play at FSU now on Monday, right after they played UNC. FSU say FSU beats Virginia, which I'm sure they'll be favored. It's at home in Tallahassee. Short turnaround. That would put Florida State at eight and two, Virginia at eleven and two, but Florida State would have obviously the head to head. If you if that then stay, if they both then went out the rest of the way, does Virginia still do you claim them the regular season title because they just play the game they got in three more games even though they lost to Florida State? I, I, yeah, I, I think you have to reward teams that you can't penalize people for it, but you can't not reward people for getting through. To me, if you played three more games and people well great then you should yeah. you know what i mean we can't then just say well it's equal because yeah. they only got this no I, there's no way last I, last question me, of the pod is there person put a percentage on it 
any percent and what percent chance no. do you make the tournament? They have to win it. They have to win the conference and tournament. And your percentage on that, there is a Oh, on winning the conference tournament. Um uh, 15, uh 15, 15%. I think it's fair. I think 50, yeah, 15, 20%. Because 20%, 15, there's no 20%. one that's unbeatable. They can beat Virginia. Yeah. They can beat, they'll play them next week. They play Virginia. And honestly, Virginia, you know, look, they're, but, they could use some luck where, you know, they win two games and then the semifinal, somebody gets COVID and now they're in the championship. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen for them. Like, and they. What a finesse, finesse job that would be by Kay. Uh, what? I mean, listen, it would be great. It would be all time. Twitter yeah. would be great that day. Um, Tomorrow night will be fun. Kim Palm has it predicted uh, Virginia 66-65 Florida State. So it's a one point. Like it's wow. will be okay. 7 o'clock, I think, on ESPN. So And Virginia never plays well in the state of Florida. So I'm not getting my hopes up. But at the end, I just, I'm glad that they do have that cushion that they've built of front of these other teams. But. Yeah. Well, if you guys are listening to this on Monday, have a great week. We will catch you uh, next week. Until then, keep the ball bouncing. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.